0: Hello it's Sober Town, and welcome to the Sober Town podcast. This is your value for money two for one <laughs> Hi, I'm Polly and
1: Hi, I'm Karina. Yay, good morning <laughs> Good morning, how you doing? Well good afternoon here again already Oh, oh my gosh, so the days fast. go so fast I know, I know Yeah Never mind, that. it's kind of nice talking to you though because I can then sort of see that you- your days stretching ahead and it's kind of nice it's like I go back in time a bit and
0: recall so. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uh, but yeah. uh, yes we we you very kindly postponed yesterday because I had and I did an uh, a really lovely interview with one of our good sisters tea lover that was so much fun good uh, poor girl she was freezing in her office doing this interview with me she That's had a awesome. big and her coat and everything Oh like wow that. So that is why Karina and I are a day late Climbing aboard the train today de- We are doing it on a Monday Because she kindly gave up her seat on the train yesterday To tea lover So today we are going to discuss something I have only read about in the last few days CBT and this is mm-hmm. not, this is not <laughs> something you smoke or drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's the abbreviation. So I'll let you explain it, Karina, because you know more about it than I do.
1: Okay. So CBT is cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, it's quite widely known in the UK, actually. It's been used for for many years as the treatment of of choice for depression and anxiety. Um when I was working, I was quite an eclectic practitioner, so I used lots of different sort of strategies. Um, but I was I was thinking that that the cognitive behavioural therapy fits in quite nicely with um, alcohol and giving up alcohol. And it, I just thought it's a strategy that maybe some people could use. Um, and the one that I like, I like the five areas approach. I'm very into somebody called Chris Williams, who's a doctor. Um, up in Scotland. And um, for many years, I've been using his five-area approach. He's he's written many great books, um, like Overcoming Depression. And there is a website as well um, that you can log on to for free. Um, And it's called Living Life to the Full. So you can go on there and you can learn a lot more about the five-area approach. But I just thought it might be quite good to... To use it today to actually sort of talk through um, sort of giving up alcohol with you um, and guide you through it. And what the five area approach does, it looks at that if, if something changes within our life, it changes other areas of our life too. So the five areas looks at the situation, okay, the situation or circumstances, um and then it looks at our thoughts and feelings um and it looks at the physical effects and our behaviors and the idea is that if something changes within that area something you know the other things change so for example um and I know you, you won't mind me saying this because you've spoken about it quite openly before um you were previously married and yeah. your situation changed quite drastically you weren't a drinker but your situation changed drastically when, unfortunately, your husband suddenly passed away. Yes. Um, so that was quite a huge change of situation for you. And from that, um, I remember you saying in the past that one of the problems you had physically was that you couldn't sleep. You had real problems sleeping and somebody had said to you about drinking. Brandy, was it brandy? I think brandy. My, brandy my little nephew used to bring me, yeah.
0: bring me a little totter brandy, and said, "Here's my medicine to help me sleep." I, I think I was so
1: frightened of not being able to sleep. Okay, can you remember at the time what your what your fear was about not sleeping? Um,
0: I think with him dying so suddenly like that, I had a Actually. sense of my own. Mortality. Okay. You can. This can happen to you at any given time, and I okay. think in some ways I was I was a bit frightened to close my eyes and go to sleep just in case okay. because the kids had now lost their dad. What if they lost their mom? Mm. I mean, I know they were grown up, and I know they're they're grown men now, but they're still my babies, and um, I
1: think there was that fear. Okay, so you can see straight away there was a huge situation change for you and Mm -hmm. from that you then started thinking this could happen to me so your thoughts changed, this could happen to me what about my children, what if this happens and they've got no mum, they've they've just lost their dad and the feelings from that started to be a fear, you started to get a real fear, was your emotional feelings and the physical feeling or the physical problem was you weren't sleeping you were having problems Mm -hmm. sleeping and the behaviour change there was that you started to drink brandy So can you see that just from one one change, everything else in that area has changed? And that all encompasses us as an individual, doesn't it? Would you say that
0: comes into this habit loop things that we build?
1: Yeah. So um, the reward for
0: me to help me sleep was a glass of brandy. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: and so that's that again, so then we change and then you have a glass of brandy. That's your behaviour change. And mm-hmm. then your physical change is that you learn sleeping. And then you then see that it will change other loops now. Pause <laughs> on. Yeah, so then that changes. Then you help that will help you sleep. Um, so then you've got a behavior change. That behavior then changes that you're then doing that every night in order to sleep, and then that again would probably change your thoughts and your feelings. But yeah, it is that it's like a behavior loop. Um, many cognitive behavioral therapies are usually the three areas, which is is your thoughts, your feelings, your behavior. Yeah. Um, which is that that loop that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I thought it might be good just to sort of try and use this as an example of then when um, you stopped drinking. And what do you know what it was that changed, first of all? Was it your thoughts, your feelings, the situation? I mean, obviously your behaviour changed because you stopped drinking, but what is it that led up to that change?
0: Do you mean what led me to the point where I gave up the alcohol? Uh, What were my feelings leading up to that Mm, Or how did I feel once I'd given up the alcohol
1: Uh, Leading up to it What made you think Right that's it I've got to stop
0: Okay I will Forgive me if I burst into tears Because May for me Is one of my hard months May is the month that I lost him so it becomes a tough month for me. And then in 2020 yeah. of last year, I decided that I was not going to go into the next year. getting <clears throat> drunk to forget that part. If the, oh start I'll, I'll rewind that a bit. Last year I sat and it was the 21st. Of May, which is the day before what would have been his birthday. And I'd already reached a point where alcohol was just something I was doing. There was no enjoyment to it. It was like, it was part of just getting through every day. Alcohol was that. And I just... I'd reached a point where I really didn't want to be here anymore because, you know, life was absolutely horrible. Um, And on the 21st of May last year, I sat there and I thought, I have to do this and I have to do this because tomorrow would be, and this was my thoughts at the time, tomorrow would be his birthday and I cannot do another birthday. Drunk. A, it's not fair to Dan, who supports me every May through this. He's a wonderful guy. Mm. He totally accepts that before he married me, I had a history. You know, he's he totally this is the kind of guy I've got. he totally accepts um, that the boys' dad, you know, etc. So, I mean, there's, there's never any jealousy with him or anything. And he helps me through May. And I sat with him and I said, I've got to stop. I cannot do another because his birthday was the 22nd of May and he died on the 29th. So we had exactly one week. Yeah. And I did not want to start another year Dependent on alcohol. I thought, that's it. I've given so much to this during my grieving processes. And I put myself through this every year that I did not want to put myself through it because not only that, I thought I deserved something better than that for myself. Um, And I thought, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to start the next full year sober. And last year was the first year in 20 years. Wow. That I did that week sober, that whole week sober. I fell off the wagon on the 2nd of June for one night. Yeah. But that was the first year in 20 years that I'd done that week sober. And to me, that was, I suppose that was me moving into another phase of my life. I don't know. But I just felt I could not do that anymore. I, I okay. just could not. Drink.
1: So, so the thing that that started it was that I cannot do this anymore. Is that thought, wasn't it? I can't yeah. do this anymore. I'm not yeah. going to do this anymore. So that started the the, the chain re- reaction. If you think about it, yeah. Because then what you did, the behavior change, was you stopped drinking. Yes. Um, all right. You had one night of a, a little relapse, didn't you? But you know, you, you'd stopped you'd stop drinking. Um, So your behaviour had changed. Um, Can you remember any change in your feelings or emotions at that time?
0: A feeling of relief, a huge feeling of relief. Um, It was almost like getting out from under this huge rock, this huge boulder on my back, this weight on my shoulders. That when I gave up the alcohol and... I took all that thoughts of how, where, when, how much on a daily basis once I took that away there was almost like a lightness it, 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 it's hard to explain, it's almost like becoming free like, yeah. like you know, just being let loose being becoming free and to become free it's the huge sense of relief is unbelievable you take the weight off your shoulders you take some people say you get the monkey off your back well I don't know whether I'd call it a monkey on my back it was like having this huge bag of rocks I was dragging around Mm. yeah you know and I suddenly dropped the bag of rocks and I could stand up straight for the first time in 20 years and take a deep breath
1: yeah, no wonder you felt lighter yeah no wonder you felt lighter. but again so we can see how the thought was I can't do this anymore I'm going to stop drinking the behavior is you stop drinking the emotions is that fears have sort of gone now you're feeling lighter you know you're feeling um and your thoughts again have changed as well you know you've just described uh-huh. some thoughts that have changed so again it is that leap, isn't it and we've changed yeah. that leap. So I think it's important, you know, for, for people to, to look at what area is they're going to change. For me, it was my behavior that alerted me yeah. because I realized one morning at three o'clock in the morning when I got up again and usually I'd have been having a cup of tea when I was awake. I was drinking a glass of wine, having a cigarette. You know, at three o'clock in the morning, having woken up at two, being a bit restless, and that's when some—it was actually my behaviour that that was the thing that alerted me um, to—and—and and, but similar, I'd had a situational change, as you know, I'd had quite a lot go on yes. situationally, quite a lot of changes, but it was my behaviours that made me go, oh, hold on a minute. So my behaviour was I was drinking at three a.m. in the morning, and my thoughts were. This isn't right, and then the feelings came of feeling guilty, and then the anxiety, and and so I had to change. I had to change that that behavior. So I think it's kind of looking at targeting what is it that's going to trigger us to stop, and how how that all leaps together. But um, you know, if we if we change just one area it changes all the other areas. So if we change an area negatively, like when we're drinking, um, you know, physically, probably we can't sleep. We probably feel quite anxious. We feel quite agitated. Our thoughts can be sort of quite, Paranoid at times, you know, we can sort of start berating ourselves. We can feel really upset with ourselves, and the situation can actually change as well because you know people start to, perhaps sort of, there starts to be arguments within your setting and your and sort of your environment. So we can see just by by drinking, it can change those other areas. So what we hope to do is, then, when we stop drinking, is to change all those areas to the positive. But Obviously, as you and I and everybody else knows, in those early days, <laughs> oh. it's quite difficult, isn't it, when we first stop? So we stop the drink. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to cast back to sort of perhaps, sort of, week. I don't know, when was the worst for you when you quit? What was the worst time? Um. Say? Actually, for
0: some reason, once I made that decision, mm. and I felt that relief. I didn't have. I wouldn't say I've had a difficult time. Previous times, because I'd done it twice before. The one yeah, time so that, I did like that ten months, I white knuckled, and um, I can honestly say, I stopped drinking, but I never gave up alcohol in my head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So your thoughts was, were still the same. Uh, yeah, my. Th- I was still drinking in my mind. I, mm. you know, I still. I was of a mind that, okay, if I get enough time between me and the alcohol, it'll settle me down, it'll get me to the good place, and I can go back and be a moderate drinker, you know, like everybody's yeah. thoughts go to, the yeah. illusion of moderate drinking. And I just kept waiting for the time that I thought I could take that next drink. So I never really stopped drinking. So that was such a fight with myself on a daily basis to not get in the car and go and buy the alcohol
1: yeah and, and that's a great example actually moderation isn't it about sort of this this check these these five areas is that the difference from that was is that our behavior is we stop drinking but our thoughts all the time is like well, I'm just going to put some distance between me, and then I might be able to moderate. Yeah, and and that physically probably leaves the feeling of anxiety, and anticipation, and that in us. Um, and then the feelings of you know of when we don't. Um, we can't moderate. We realise we can't moderate. That makes us feel sort of guilty, and and then we start hiding things. that can be the new behaviours as well, and then we have more guilt. And so the difference was then was that the only thing you did change was your behaviour. The rest of the yeah, stuff I didn't, I didn't change didn't. my thought process at all. Yeah. I'm still
0: a drinker, and I think I needed, I needed that experience in order to get to where I am this time around. Because this time around, I got to a point of acceptance, I suppose. Well, not Mm. I suppose, I know. I got to a point of acceptance, which was on the 21st of May last year. I accepted that I couldn't drink. I wasn't going to drink. I was not going to go into another year. Because always for me, the year, started the 22nd of May. And I would I made that decision I was not going to go into another year drinking. Um A I'm not getting any younger. B I was just sick to death of arguing with myself because that was who I argued with mostly. Yeah. Me. We do, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I would stand in front of the mirror and I would argue with me. Um this time I didn't argue with me. I just looked at myself and I said, you're going to do it. You're not mm-hmm. going, you're, you're going to stop drinking and that's it, full stop, no drinking. I know I had one, one night where I drank and for me, I drank moderately. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was just a couple of drinks and I thought, no, I don't want this. My mind had already accepted the new behaviour was, mm-hmm. I drink. I'm not a drinker. Whereas pre- previously, the the ten months and the three years prior to that that I did. While I say I didn't drink, I was not drinking. I hadn't li- I hadn't mentally given up drinking. I still had that up there.
1: Yeah. But as you say, it's kind of we have to go through those experiences, don't we? To um, you know, I know some people thought you know when they reset and they're back at day zero, and they feel sort of really bad, and they feel all these terrible emotions. Um, but I think the important thing is to to remember because you and I haven't, or I haven't reset on the app, and, and I, I don't have you reset once on the app. I think, or um, oh, no, I did, ha- yes, I did, but, yes, you know, I
0: did because um, I. I found the app, as I say, yeah. it was on the night of the 21st of May, I found the app. But I didn't go into the community side of it. No. Um, like a lot of people, I used it as the counter. I didn't go into the community side until a couple of weeks later. And I hadn't been in the community side when I reset. So I reset on the, th- on the morning of uh, the 3rd of June. Mm-hmm. And I thought I need something a bit more,
1: and yeah. that's
0: when I started in the community side of it. 20.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the important thing is is to, for people to know that, that we have reset and I have reset many yeah. many times so over the last twenty years. I just I mean I've, been,
0: I've yeah, I've later. only been in the app for coming up on a year. But if you ask me how many times in my lifetime as a drinker, the twenty, you know, yeah. years span as a drinker, that I reset uh probably 365 days a year some years yeah yeah so every morning and say that's it i'm done i'm finished and yeah. that's it no more yeah until later in the day never
1: again and yeah. then
0: you can go yeah. a week go, so, to- uh, and I- go yeah. ahead sorry so i
1: think it's important for people to to know that that it isn't and, and and the thing so again we can use the five area approach from what you've just described because the situation changed so before you your behaviour changed you'd stopped drinking and you were using the app just as a counter and then last year your situation changed as well because you actually started getting yourself involved in the community on yes. the app. So you weren't just doing a community. So your behaviours change, but so also has your situation. And I think one of the important things about a community and the community we're talking about is the I Am Saber app. But there are lots of communities out there and it's about you finding the community that is right for you Um, but we talk a lot about connection being key and you know we still go through those horrible emotions and physical feelings like a lot of people have anxiety a lot of people have sleep issues Um, you know people will have fear and there's that fear that we've talked about before of never drinking again those thoughts you know when people reset about themselves and the emotional Mm -hmm. feelings but the important thing is when you share that with the community is that you're not left alone with those thoughts and feelings. People come along and bolster you up and, and they sort of pass a lot, lot quicker. Um, so so I think that that's something that's really, really helpful um, to do. And that's why we talk a lot about connection, isn't it? And, yeah, um,
0: connection is the opposite to addiction. And I always say that connection, because we're so isolated in our drinking. We really are totally isolated in it. Um and that's of our own making. Yeah. We we put ourselves there. Um, and that's that's nothing to say that it's a bad you're bad because you've done it. It's just that those feelings you talk about, I mean the times you look in the mirror in the morning and think, Oh my god, what did I say? What did I do? Why mm-hmm. did I argue? Those are the feelings of shame because <clears throat> this one little thing defeats you on a regular basis. You cannot seem to master it. you feel weak mentally that you cannot grasp this when you've probably learned a task that was really, really difficult? And you you took pride in learning that task. And this is one thing that you can't seem to grasp. And so you do, you stand there and you hate yourself. And I really did hate myself. And I'd reached a point where... I really didn't want to go on because I was in such a black, dark place. And I I just, I wanted it over, I thought, I don't want this, I really don't want this. I, I just wanted it to end. And then for some reason, don't ask me why, on that night. I'd been for a walk that day, actually, because I still did, even though I was drinking, I still did my morning walks. And that morning I went for a walk, and I can tell you exactly the spot where it hit me, that, and I'd reached, the. this is what life is like. I really don't want to be here anymore. Um, If this is what my senior years are going to be like, I don't want it. My kids are grown up. Everybody in the family is happy. I'm lucky that I didn't drink till later in life, obviously, and that the children grew up f- fairly balanced. <laughs> in a crazy house. We lived in a, a happy, crazy house, and the kids grew up, you know, two parents always there, etc. cetera. Um, and I thought, okay, if I go now, Every, you know, everybody will get on with their lives because that's the way life is. You know, it, it, and I learned this on the day that um, my first husband passed away is that uh, he passed away on a Tuesday and then the next thing I know it's Wednesday morning and I think, I'm in another day. I've gone through that part and I've come into another day and the world hasn't ended. And that was a thought that kept going through my head, that if I go, excuse me. Okay. I thought, if I go, the world won't end. The kids will go on. Um, They'll miss me, yeah, but they'll go on. And I thought, no, that's not right. And I thought, no, I don't want it to end. I really don't want this to end. I want to I wanna get to a point where I'm living because I'd reached a point where I wasn't. And that was when I sat there and I did talk with my dad and I told him, I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't drink anymore. And he looked at me and he said, how serious are you this time? <laughs> and I said, this is it. I can't do it anymore. And he said, OK. I said, so I'm not drinking and he just said, okay. And that's all he said. He'd heard me say it many times, but on the 21st mm. of last year, I reached that point where I accepted that if I wanted to live, I had to change how I thought. And I think that was probably um, my lowest point and the point where i accepted if i wanted to be there for my family if i wanted to see a good life if i wanted to be happy i had to let this go and um i got up on the 22nd of may and i was on day you know i didn't drink on the 21st of may i will say that so de- the 21st of may was my first day zero in the app
1: yeah yeah. And actually, you know what's you know when we we look at that and what you've just just said and and thank you for for sharing that because see that's quite painful very painful for you to to recall, but you'd actually gone from um, you know the loss of your husband, not being able to sleep, or having a fear of going to sleep in case you didn't wake up,
0: yeah,
1: um, for, and worried about your children to then drinking. To then get into a point some twenty years later of actually you were thinking the total opposite that well if I go, the children would be all right, and the world would still go on, you know, and so the alcohol got you to such a point of despair that and and depression I'd say almost you know that actually you couldn't see a way out and and that happens to so many of us, but thank goodness, thank goodness that you did find a way that you did grab those thoughts back and just thought, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think we probably need to have a little break now yes. and let you get your breath some Tissues, <laughs> Tissues, yeah, and a cuppa. And, then, yeah, and then perhaps we can just come back and look at that that model, but now how it is now, this sort yeah, of you know, 11 months yeah. on, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right yes. then, I'll see you in a All bit. Right, back in a minute.
0: Okay, we are back. I've managed to find some tissues. Next, as we say over here, um, just in case. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, I blubbered
0: all over the place there, but uh, it's part and- of the.
1: It's part of it, isn't it? You know, and um, I mean, as we say, you know, one thing we have changed when we stop drinking is behaviour, but the uh, the rest of the stuff is work in progress, isn't it? The thoughts, our feelings, the emotional yes. feelings, the physical feelings, and the situation as well, are. We're working through all of that. I will you know, say I have
0: no fear of going to sleep anymore. Good. I, love my, I love my bed. Like I had a conversation with Tea Lover yesterday and she said, the one thing she loves is her bed. And I've to admit, I've fallen in love with my bed. Don't ask me why I love my bed.
1: I, I think that's another behavior, isn't it, that changes is, uh, um, you know, stop drinking but other behaviors but a lot of behaviors that change i I feel is that we get to bed earlier we probably get up a bit earlier um y- you know we feel we sleep a bit better and uh, we take up lots more hobbies we go out for walks you know there's lots of different positive behaviors i think we yeah, sleep wear, like, yeah
0: you actually sleep which is Yep. What your body needs, and we're trying to heal. Well, I'm trying to heal twenty years of abuse. Yeah, my body. So it's take yeah. Me more than five minutes to put that right.
1: <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is, and um, you know, and that's what it is about. I mean, it's actually, they say, don't know, when when you stop drinking, that's when the work actually begins. And for, for some of us, like me, that's when you find out just how mad you really are underneath, because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's one of the reasons we drank was to cover all of that stuff and block all of that, that out, really. And you just said you'd you found some stuff on CBT that you mentioned about, about thoughts, what you just read out to me. You yeah, you to just... um,
0: because I know nothing about CBT and we were going to talk about it, I thought i better get some... Uh do a little bit of diving down into it and one of the things it said that resonated with me based on a lot of what we talk about with the addict voice etc um and it said here it cbt helps you become aware of inaccurate or negative thinking so that you can view challenging situations more clearly and respond to them in a more effective way
1: yeah so a lot of that's to do with our thinking so um so it might be sort of to do with avoidance so let's for example use the example of in our drinking days we're going out to a party we're feeling physically a little bit anxious about that we're also perhaps feeling a little bit fearful we might be thinking oh how am I going to fit in how am I going to talk to people I know let's have a drink because then um, that will give me more confidence to go and do all these things. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can see sort of, so, and that all started from a thought. So all of that changed from a thought around the situation of going to a party. Um, other other thoughts could be things um, like, like for me, for example, completely off the scale, I'm terrified of flying. I will fly when it's not COVID lockdown. I will fly yeah. to get, places because i love to travel but i'm terrified of flying and all those thoughts are what if it falls out of the sky what if the plane crashes what if i die oh my goodness i'm not in control i mean i know that the pilot is far better to be in control than me but i'm still out of control <laughs> <laughs> i'm in that metal smarty tube flying through the sky <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's it so, you know, and because of that, because of those thoughts, my anxiety levels go up. I start to, you know, and that's one of the, that's that type of thought that's called catastrophizing. It's when we start to catastrophize and we expect the worst. And what we do in CBT is we start to look at the reality. So we can, you can grade how it makes you feel physically and you can grade the reality of your thoughts. And because the reality is all that's actually happening in that situation is I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting on an aeroplane, as millions of people do every single day, and I'm going up in the sky and I'm flying somewhere. That's what's happening. But in my mind, all these terrible, catastrophizing things are happening, even though I know it's the safest way to travel. And that's a lot of energy going into that
0: because you get on the plane. If the plane crashes, you can't stop it. No. So you're creating all these things within your mind, but you still won't have control. The guy flying the plane is the one with the control. Yeah. You. Um, Yeah. You're putting yourself... It's like with my fear of uh, not being able to sleep, same thing. You know, um, I created all these things in my mind, whereas if I'd have just laid down and gone to sleep in the first place... I probably wouldn't have got to where I was 10 minutes ago, blubbering yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's, it's and, and it's, um, you know, you know, with me, because i told you before that at night it's my worst thing. My, my mind is all over the place, but it's my thoughts. It's my thoughts keeping me awake, you know, and it's about actually doing something with that, you know, and um, I, I mean, as you know, I had a a bit of um, phone silence recently, and um, I I was like, what if something happens? Um, But also, there's that even when I have, you know, got my phone on, if I might text Jack and go, you okay? And he doesn't text me back for an hour, and he's probably just getting on with life. And enjoying some after time and some soft time. But to me, it's probably dead in a ditch. I hear an ambulance siren going, oh, my God, what's happened to somebody? You know, yes. <laughs> And it's all this catastrophizing mind, um, you know, jumping ahead, expecting the worst. A bit like when we get out drinking is like, how can I never drink again? That's going to be awful. You know, no, it's not. It's actually great. But we're jumping ahead. Um, The other thoughts we have are negative bias about ourselves. We think negative things about ourselves, which we see time after time. We see when people reset. We see it with people just going through the sobriety journey of all the negative stuff they put on themselves. Um, And we also have, you know, the other types of thinking style, which is like, I should or I ought. This is what I should be doing. Um, so it's about, again, like trying to look at that and changing that about, no, this is what I want to do to help with what should be happening. A bit like, you know, the Glennon Doyle untamed. Oh, <laughs> you know, my it's God, what we should yeah. be doing. <laughs> it's what, you know, it's, it's who makes the rules about what we should be doing or what we could be doing, you know. Oh um, we need to take that control back.
0: I think the one thing... And I did it. I actually went looking into uh, negative thoughts that we tell ourselves. And it turns out that the number one, and you can apply I'm not good enough.
1: Yeah. It's the yeah. number
0: one negative thought that most people have I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And the second is this is pointless. Yeah. You're trying to do something and it's hard work. This is pointless. But nothing is never pointless. A thought is there for a reason.
1: Yeah, to tell um, us something.
0: Yeah, the thought is there for a reason. Um and you know there is a point to everything and just we've all gone through and i think you know disrespects, fellas, but i think number 1 i'm not good enough is a number one for women a lot of the time and
1: yeah and and i think that's because yeah I've, I've, we do have a lot of living up to do don't we um you know because of of the expectation and and what what's been sort of con- conditioned within us really um but again it's that i'm not good enough it's about you know going out for a party going out somewhere i'm not going to be good enough i'm not going to be good enough to hold conversation people aren't going to like me people aren't going to want to talk to me what do i have to offer um i come home from work you know i'm not good enough um and it's that turning to drink and more and more women we see turning to alcohol to try and cope with their negative thoughts and feelings but we also know that once we, you know, if that was a trigger thought, we our behavior is we have a drink and then our thoughts get worse and worse. And then our feelings can turn to anger and anxiety. And as you said before, then the behaviors changed to sort of what starts to send texts to people, you know, all different sort of spirals that happen. Um, so that's why I think it's really important when we you know, stop drinking, we've changed the behavior. Um, But we need to involve more positive behaviours and really look at that thinking, um, emotional, physical and, um, you know, feelings and change those as well. Because some things can get a bit worse when we first stop drinking. And we see it, you know, we we know people um, struggle with sleep initially. um, And we know that people, you know, your diet and your appetite can change as well. Anxiety can get a lot worse. Um, but that's not because you stop drinking. That's because we're dealing with stuff underneath, you know, that was always there. And actually we know that alcohol itself makes depression and anxiety a lot, lot worse. Yeah. So um, it's about, you know, to, to be able to continue that behavior of not picking up another drink, we need to look at um, the thoughts, don't we? And, and the feelings and different ways to, to, to tackle those. Yeah. So physical feelings we can look at. I think we've done some podcasts and that. We'll probably do some more on sort of sleep hygiene, anxiety management things, and we can do that.
0: Um, mindfulness. And, uh, yeah,
1: mindfulness, and that helps with the feelings and emotions as well. The thoughts is about sort of trying to turn those thoughts around and look at what we are achieving. But I think a lot of that comes with, just thinking about it now, I think a lot of it comes with confidence, doesn't it? The more confidence we, we build um, and with the community, that builds our confidence because we become more confident in, in sharing ourselves with people. Yeah. I mean, I know initially when I started on the app, I was creating a dotty pot. I was a dotty one. I was always fun. You know, I couldn't show my weakness. So I wasn't allowed to do that. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, that was my thinking. Um, so eventually I did. My behaviour was always just being positive. And then I had to look at, well, actually, um, I can't keep doing that. People do need to see all sides of me. So I exposed myself and I changed my behaviour and started posting some of my thoughts and feelings and emotions when they weren't so positive. And, and that's OK. It helps me. It helps the people. And you start to grow in confidence in doing that, in that connection and getting that support from the people. And also the other way that confidence has really grown is, as we talked before, about the changing behaviours, about sort of, you know, getting into gardening, getting into arts and yeah. crafts and hobbies and and doing other things. Um, because I don't know about you, but when I first stopped, stopped um, drinking, I was like, what am I going to do with all that time? What am I going to do when I don't drink? I'm going to have so much time on my hands. But I was looking at it in a negative way of like, you no, know, how can I not drink? How can I not drink my life away? What am I going to do with all that time? Because I'm used to it.
0: I think I was fortunate in that uh, all my negative thinking was done through the 10 months that I white-knuckled. That was all my mm-hmm. negative thinking. That was a whole period of just negativity, in how i would live without the alcohol <laughs> how would i get on a plane when they come around with the little cart and say oh here's your dinner red or white um mm. how will i just turn around and say no thank you oh and it was actually getting on a plane the one time that tripped me up yeah so, and it was getting on a plane that did that one so i mean there's all those kind of things and you think well, oh, christmas you sit around the table, you all sit and you have this lovely meal and you're all chatting and laughing and having fun, and you're having a glass of wine and this that, and you well how will we have and I went through ten months of all that. The negative mm-hmm. of giving up drinking. Which is why I think it helped. I think that was my best lesson was that ten months. Because I I think it helped me get to the positives of giving up drinking this time. And I don't see any negatives in what I'm doing at all. No. Everything is a positive now. Um, um, I, it's like I had to get it out of my system, and I think those 10 months got it out of my system. Yeah. And I think also um, my positive in all of this now is what we are doing here. And then when we do see someone struggling, when we reach out, because we can talk from a voice of experience and help them turn their negatives into the positive. Like you say, you give positive affirmations. Yeah, there are negatives in an everyday life. You know, everyday can't be sunshine and roses because that's not realistic.
1: No but I think that's another positive, isn't it, that what we've learned is that actually it's okay to have any feeling or emotion. It's okay. How many times have we said to the ladies and other people on the app, it's okay to cry. It's cathartic. It. <laughs> Get it out. You just did it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, and it's okay, you know, it's okay to cry. It's good to cry. Um, it's okay for guys yeah. to cry as well, guys. It know? is, it is. It, um,
0: guys do this stiff upper lip and got to hold it in and got to be a man. Mm, no, no, you haven't. If you've got a knot of emotion inside you that needs to come out with it, my way of getting out a knot of emotion, which is you get like this little knot in your chest and your throat starts closing mm-hmm. up because the emotion is just so much, I just cry. That's how I get rid of it. And it can be happy. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sad emotion.
1: No. And do you know what? To me, there is nothing more attractive than a man crying. Because to mm-hmm. me, I, I, I actually find that really, you know, that, that really pulls at my heartstrings because I'm like, yes. Because actually, be man enough to cry is <laughs> my saying. Because. You know, it, it's okay to cry and it, it's good to cry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like that pressure cooker, isn't it? And it just builds yeah. up and up and up and it explodes. And I think that's why men... Uh, you know, I'm not saying that women don't get angry because they do, and I get really angry. Um, but I think, you know, men are are angrier than women, and we know that sort of um, you know, from a medical standpoint that that, you know, because testosterone things that men are sort of an angrier species than us. Um, and, and that goes way back to the cave men when had to go hunt for food and that. But you know, guess what? Same prison as does there now. <laughs> you know, well, we you don't need, don't need to go to hunt for food. You can push it <laughs> so, in your um, around like the rest of us and get your lead. yeah a you bit yeah so I think, I think you know it's okay it's okay let's let's start releasing those things let's cry and I think that's one of the positives is like that my the way my thinking has changed big time yeah. within this scenario mm-hmm. is that it's okay to be fearful, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to cry, it's okay to be angry. All these negative, so, so-called negative emotions that we have spent decades and decades trying to cover up. Um, you know, what, what have we done that for? Because these are normal, human, basic emotions, and those emotions are telling us something. And we have to deal with them and do something with them. um, In Annie Grace's book,
0: when you drink, you suppress your instinct that something's not right. Mm. Something's not good. Alcohol suppresses all that. So you actually suppress your natural instincts with alcohol so that now we're learning to, okay, I feel angry. Why am I feeling angry? what is going on, why am I Mm. feeling like that? Um, I feel, mm, why am I feeling, mm, what happened, what went on? We tend to, once we've not got the alcohol in us to suppress it all, I think we tend to question the feeling a lot more because we have to deal with the feeling. Mm -hmm. We're not suppressing it with alcohol anymore and we have to deal with that feeling. when I say deal with it, it, it that's not a harsh thing. That's examining the feeling, finding out what caused that feeling or what is causing mm. that feeling, and what you can do to help with that feeling. Yeah. If I'm angry. What's going on that's making me angry? Yeah. Why am I short-tempered? Did I not get enough sleep last night? Mm. Has someone done something to irritate me? You know, I think this yeah. is something. And it kind of, there we go about um, changing our thinking. We're no longer looking at the emotion negatively. We're taking a positive approach to the emotion mm. in examining it.
1: Yeah definitely and and i think you know one one of the trigger biggest trigger things you know there, there's usually a situation that responds you know something might change and it might make us want to drink but it's usually because of how it's made us feel it may have made us feel angry it may have made us feel sad and our automatic response is to then that could be a trigger to want to go and drink because straight away we have learned and taught ourselves to block that emotion yeah. we've learned that it's not okay to feel that we don't want to feel that so we've We've literally um, poured alcohol on it to try and dampen it all down. And, um, And that's why it's really important that when we have these situations or these emotions and feelings coming up now, that we need to do something about them either if we can do it on our own or to reach out to communities, or some people go to therapists, you know, some people meditate, Um, whatever's good for you, really, whatever's good for you, it's about finding your way to deal with those emotions, but understanding that every single emotion is okay, and however you deal with it is okay, Um, you know, it's best that, that you don't drink and that you don't drug and that's not what we want people to do at all. Um but sometimes people will do that and then they find themselves at day zero again and then all the feelings and thoughts and emotions and I'm not good enough and all that comes back again. What I know? felt what I felt and let out
0: a few in the first part of this. I can't go through those things again because I really don't want that again that feeling um, no. i I don't know it was such a dark time and here's the thing me I use visuals I'm, I'm awful and anyone who sat with their grandchildren or their children grandma or sat with the little kids or whatever and watched that movie trolls mm-hmm. There's yeah I've not guy, seen that. there's a little guy in there that's all grey. Okay. Justin Timberlake's character. He's got no mm-hmm. color. He's all grey. He's negative. Total total negativity. And then you've got Poppy who's all colorful, who's positive outlook, positive attitude. And then eventually he goes from negative to positive and you watch the color rise in him mm. as his positivity grow, uh, comes back. So I liken that day for me um, in some ways as that little guy in the troll movie. Because yeah. I was just, bleh, there was nothing there. It was, mm. there was nothing there. I was just so sad. And that's all I can say. Uh, that's a word I can say. I was just so, so sad. Um, I've been sad before, but that's a different... This was a different kind of sadness. This was a deep, deep down sadness. Uh, uh, t- uh, something really deep down. And it was... It, this is hard to explain, really. <laughs> was the there, was, uh,
1: was there a sense of hopelessness? Yes, there was. Mm -hmm. Because as I say,
0: I didn't want, if this was what it was going to be like, this was hopeless, yes. Because to get up and do this day after day after day, I'd had enough of it. I didn't want to do this day after day after day. But by the same token, I wanted that to end, but I didn't want, I suppose deep down, I didn't want me to end. Because obviously, I didn't. Because here I am, happy as Larry and could not be happier. Yes, life's tough. Yes, some days are unbelievably hard. Some nights are hard. But you know what? I'll take those, those feelings of tiredness and all that goes with that, I will take those 50 times over compared to what I felt on the 21st of May last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just looking at uh, how things are now, 11 months on, oh, um, yeah. okay. yes. mm-hmm. 11 months over, yay, yes. nearly a year. I'm so excited for your year. Third, third of June, uh, one year, yes. Yes, amazing, can't wait, so excited for that. So, um, so you were saying like before it was like each day, it was like day after day, not wanting to get up and, you know, just dreading each day. What is it for you? now when you wake up each morning how how what, what are your thoughts of of when you wake up first thing um
0: kettle <laughs> <laughs> let's get a kettle and i want a cup of tea
1: and it is yep. it,
0: it it's getting up and being wide awake from the moment you open your eyes you're wide awake there's no dragging ass out of bed thinking oh god oh god oh god you're awake you're fully alert And to be fully alert for me is wonderful. And I count down the time until I can get out the door to go on my walk. Because I love that walk. And I've gone out on that walk in negative temperatures with the worst ice and snow on the floor, round by the lake. I even went down on my butt. But I laughed. Yeah. I laughed. And... I wake up and I am there in the day right now. It's, it's a right now moment. I don't have to build into the day. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to start working my way into the day. The moment I open my eyes and I sit on the side of the bed and put my slippers on, because I'm an old lady, I have to wear my slippers.
1: Yeah. Um, I have my slippers <laughs> <laughs> I keep my feet warm. Um oh, Definitely. Um,
0: and, uh, I'm awake, you know, and what I do now is I go out into the kitchen and the difference between then and now is the kettle's ready, the teapot's ready, there's a cup waiting for me. There's like this little mm-hmm. happy spot in the kitchen <laughs> that I created last night.
1: Yeah. I was sober. Ready. Yeah.
0: I'm sober. Um, and the feelings today compared to, and I did this interview yesterday with Tea Lover. And the one thing we said is when we get these feelings, we just want other people to feel them too. Yeah. You know, the real joy. Yeah. yeah, We want people to experience this because we've been at the lowest we could ever get to. Um, They say everybody's rock bottom is different. And I think that, I'd been at rock bottom, I thought I'd been at rock bottom before. Mm. But that was my my rock bottom. I don't think I could have, to take me any lower would have been to put me in a pine box. You know, I could not have gone any lower than yeah. Yeah. And, um, and like I say, everybody's rock bottom is different. And that was my rock bottom. That was my last totally negative. I'm not saying I don't have negative thoughts. I do. You know, Mm. my ass look nice in these jeans. You know, what's my hair like today? We always have, you know, those are the normal negative feelings. But I don't feel like my life is not worth living. I feel like my life is definitely worth living. Yes, I'm older. Do I have any value in this world? I hope so. And... You and I reaching out to, we we do other ladies, as you know, but it doesn't matter whether it's another lady in one of our groups or someone on the app, be it male or female. When we reach out and someone says, I feel like this today, has anybody else felt like this? And you can go in and you can respond and say, yes. Um, and you help someone through a negative thought then they know that it's perfectly normal to feel like that. Yeah. You know, it's not, yes, it's a bit of a negative thought, but it's not negative. It's a positive mm-hmm. because it's moving the thought in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And it's, a, it's about the behavior. I mean, I used to work with kids in schools, and they, a lot of kids had this assumption that it's, it's bad to feel angry. And what I used to explain to him is it's not bad to feel angry. It might be bad to, to hit other people. <laughs> it's sure bad that. to behave. and to be, But it's not bad to actually feel that emotion. It's about what you do with that emotion. Yeah. And, you, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm sort of nine months sober now. The yeah. other day I was driving into town I was driving into town, I was feeling okay, I was having a good day. I drove past my local pub, which is now open outside. The sun was shining. There was people sitting outside in the pub and I thought, ooh, nice glass of wine would be nice now in front of that pub. This is nine months on. I was feeling fine. Nothing had happened. And this thought, this is when my thoughts came in, this thought just bounced into my my head. And I even started thinking, oh, perhaps I'm at that point now. I can just start go and have the one. Luckily, coming up. Ten, <laughs> I, did, I did ten months of that thinking. Yeah, yeah. and luckily. I had my phone plugged into my audio and I was listening to Lilo and Drifter. <laughs> so that kept me driving <laughs> towards town. So stay connected, stay listening, keep tuned in. And if you can't, then reach out, you know, it's yeah. really important because um, you know, so a lot of the time I think the further you go in sobriety, a lot of the time you can deal with those thoughts a lot quicker and you can deal with them largely on your own but you need to use resources as well and if you can't you need to reach out and you need to be talking to other people to to get that support really um because you know the same as it's okay to feel those feelings it's okay to also think all the things you're thinking but if you can't control it yourself and you can't get keep on that sober track yourself then then reach out and and we reach out just not about drinking do we? we reach out about the stuff that that upsets us that makes us feel unhappy which might trigger us to drink um yeah and you know it's quite rare actually in sort of our groups now that we that people actually reach out about drinking it's usually more about life issues isn't it and sort of yeah, upset issues um, hmm.
0: and we get some beautiful conversations going about different things because we've got people all over the we've got people all over the world um and so many different uh Professional people, ordinary everyday people, deep thinkers—all that are there. And it's just—I think it's just uh, what was it? Uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. The world is just a great big onion. Um, Yeah. I always remember that, and it's a huge melting pot, isn't it? The world is just—I love that song. Great big onion, yeah. Yeah, the the onion song. Yeah. I'm showing my age now, aren't I?
1: My no, family. I love that as well. I and love I Motown. That, I am a Motown girl. I love Motown. Yeah, really I'm more reggae, and I've actually got tattooed on my foot Bob Marley, is don't worry about a thing, because <laughs> yes, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> and it will be, Um,
0: you know, get through one day. Yeah. And if you can take... A negative thought you're feeling and turn it into a positive, flip the switch, turn it over. It's like, oh, God, I, you know, I really don't want to do this. But make yourself do it. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the time, it's that sense of achievement as well, isn't it? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I, you know, I have my maintenance list of things that I have to do every day to keep physically and emotionally healthy. And I'd recommend everyone have a maintenance list of what, what you need to do each day. Mine's written down on my fridge. Um, but, um, you know, it's just important to have that. Mine includes going to bed times, getting up times, phone down times, and, you know, even simply having a shower every day, just to keep myself motivated and keep myself going. Um, So it's really important to do those things to force yourself. Little tricks I use is is I say to myself, you know, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm like, well, if Jack, like my son, wanted it, I'd get up and do it. Or if Arthur, my grandson wanted it, I'd get up and do it. So I use that to make myself get up and do it. And if we can't flick our thoughts around, then we can reach out to other people. And sometimes we just have to sit with them. Sometimes it's just acceptance of like, you know what, I'm just feeling really crap today, but hey, that's okay. Um, I'm going to find a nice
0: movie and put my feet up on the sofa. um, Yeah. Whatever. And that's all
1: right. And, you know, one of the things I think as well is really important, because I know quite a few people journal. I don't particularly journal. I I do journal, but I, I... kind of do diaries, daily diaries on the the computer. But um, it's really important, I think, is that that very often people berate themselves at the end of the day. I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. I think the most important thing is to go to bed on. But I did do this and this is what I achieved today. And for me, some days it might be just that I got in the shower and I achieved that. And that's good because that's something I did. That's know? a positive.
0: Um, and yeah. this, this says that cognitive behavioural therapy may not cure your condition or make an unpleasant situation go away, but it can give you the power to cope with your situation in a healthy way and feel better about yourself and about life. Yeah. So we are coming into the station. We are. We are, are going to... Shane well we 're going to be a positive, hopefully, mm-hmm. and to all our ladies out there, you badass warriors in our groups we uh We, uh, we encourage you to find one thing today to be positive about, even if it 's just to look in the mirror and say, "Oh, look at my smile doesn 't it look nice today." <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed the ride on the train again. <laughs> Excuse me. Me too. I've enjoyed a good cry. So I've done... <laughs> I should be crying. I shall I will tell you friends I will be leaning in on people within the next week or so because um yeah. I'll be letting a lot out. So but yeah. uh, anyway. We're at the station, we're going to climb off the train and we're going to wish you all a happy, happy, happy Monday because we're doing this on a Monday instead of a Sunday. And we will get together again and we will discuss another topic. So, Karina, my sweet lady friend, good to have written Bye-bye. Take care, darling. Be good. And you. Do good. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.